This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Asia Torah, in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. Please go right online and sign up for YomTovMediaClub.com and let's get this out there to as many people as possible. Today we're talking about consciousness. And the reason we're talking about consciousness is we're heading into a holiday that's really built and based on the consciousness movement. For us, um, it started thousands of years ago. In fact, we're on our way now to the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai, Shavuos, which will be in, uh, when's Shavuos? Three weeks from now? Yeah, about three weeks. It's going to be the 8th of June, 8th of June. And that'll be our 3,331st year since the revelation at Mount Sinai, which was a total out of space, out of time, you know, total surround sound, Omnimax 3D, LSD blow away experience. I mean, really heavy, 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 most incredible consciousness moment, an opening that never took place in all of history, quite like that. There has been openings like that for individuals, but never in a, never in a group setting. And which is very interesting because there were 3 million Jews there. How do you tell a secret to 3 million Jews? So I figured out the answer to that. The Sinai Desert. I actually went there myself. And I'm like, if you want to tell 3 million people something that no one else should hear. So Sinai Desert's the perfect location for that. My goodness. I mean, I've never experienced a more desolate place with the most awe-inspiring mountains you've ever seen. And you could like not see a single green thing. The entire time you're there. I mean, it's just, it's wild. It's, it's incredible to go to that desert. It is the desert to check out. And, um, and I don't know if, like, ISIS is still there or whatever. I know there was, like, something going on over there for the last few years. So, Meaning they, they, I don't think it's something anyone has to have on their radar, but it might be. So I just don't want to, I don't want anyone to die with my ideas here. So, oh, I made a bracha. <laughs> I'll do anything to make another one, though. <laughs> Anyone got an apple or something? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good for now. Um, anyway, the, uh, so the consciousness movement actually started, everyone thinks it's like a new age kind of thing, but it actually started uh, 3,331 years ago. And I'm really excited for two years from now because it's going to be 3,333. 3333 uh, since Mount Sinai. Your awareness that you're aware right now is, the, is your entry into consciousness, being aware that you're aware. Like, for example, just take a moment of the just the, the data itself. Take a moment for the data itself in this room. There's data. You know? There's walls, there's tables, chairs, people. You know, there's sound waves, there's visuals. There, this, this is all going on for your brain. And you're, for example, the, the English you hear right now is not English. I haven't spoken one word of English since I walked in this room. This is vibrational oscillations that are coming to a tempor, a, your eardrum, a tympanic membrane which is picking up, it's a super tight membrane, it is picking up extreme mathematical equations, like a little monkey playing drums. It's playing a drum roll on your eardrum. It's going up nerves into your cerebral cortex. In your cerebral cortex, you have billions of neurons. Those billions of neurons either fire or don't fire. Fire or don't fire. And they all have these tentacles. They're all networked to each other. It's the biggest network on the planet. Your brain has a bigger network than any other network in the entire planet. You're, you're one brain. 
And when the when that math hits the neurons, the neurons can then match it to every time they've ever heard English. And in real time, literally while my lips are moving, which helps a lot that the speed of sound, you know, is moving into there. But it helps a lot that the eyes are much faster because there should have been a lag time. If your if your brain, if your if your eyes worked at the speed of sound, there would be a lag in my speaking. You ever seen like a video that has a lag on the speaking? You'd be having that happen. But your eyes are picking this up. I forget the number of how fast the speed of light is. What is it? 186 miles per hour. Per, what? 186,000 miles per second versus sound? 720 miles per hour. So there's no lag, but there is a lag. It's just your eyes aren't picking that up because they're moving so darn fast. And the, in other words, this entire world surrounding you is, is just data. It's all just data. And that data is coming into your brain. And you're aware of that data because it's hitting your brain. But then there's your soul. Your soul is the awareness of that data because you're aware of your sitting here right now. You're aware of your listening right now. You have an awareness of that. So I'm going to be quiet for a second and let everyone just get an awareness of the awareness. Okay, everyone take a deep breath. And this awareness, stay in it, keep breathing. This awareness, deep breath. This awareness of the awareness is something that's outside space and time it doesn't it's always been there it's always there i mean it's really always think about it if i came up to you at any point of your life and just interrupted you and asked if you are aware of being aware you'd say yes does that part of you age well let's go before that is that part of you does it show up in a brain scan what do you think shows up in a brain scan the awareness of your awareness think that shows up there one of the great mysteries of brain science. They can't find it. I mean, they already, they gave up years ago, but your consciousness is not physical. It's not part of your physiology at all. Yeah, I forgot your name. Agatha. Agatha? Yeah. I was thinking about you on my trip. If uh, Like, what was his name? Agatha. Yeah. Uh, it's like Agatha is, is the lore of our oral tradition. It's called Agatha, and you're Agatha. Yeah. Agatha. <laughs> Okay. I was just going to say, like, I did do a recent, like, brain scan thing where I could actually see how worrying affects people's brains. How what? Worrying affects people's brains. Partying? Worrying. 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 Oh, worrying. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure worrying, which is the source of anxiety, is, is uh, really going to affect people's brains. So what they find out about worrying while we're on the subject? It actually, like, has long-term effects. Uh, like stress. Yeah. Worrying definitely is stress. stress. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. I got that. Now, the um, anyway. So, first of all, it doesn't show up. Meaning, your awareness of your awareness has no connection to the physical world of space and time. It's not part of your physiology whatsoever. Your your. The brain's awareness of the data actually does all its reporting to that awareness. 
Because think about it. Everything I've been saying is being reported to, isn't it? It's getting reported. So your actual brain that, you, that sadly, a lot of people, you know, you can't help it. I also can't help it sometimes when I get upset or something. I, I get locked into that brain thing. I'm only in the data. And then what happens is I totally forget about the fact that there's actually, a, there's a me beyond the data that's upsetting me. And when I get reminded of that, I go back to that breath and realize the consciousness is forever. By the way, if the consciousness isn't in your body, so then where, where is it? Where is, where is it? It's obviously, I meaning you can't find it in an MRI. The way I like my famous saying is there's no I. There's no I in an MRI. It's not in there. So, well, where does it come from? Everything has to come from somewhere. So what is your consciousness? What is your consciousness? What, where, if it ain't in the body, well, where is it coming from? Where does your consciousness actually come from? Where, where is it? Where is it being beamed in from? And you want to hear something really trippy? Is if you get rid of the data, is your consciousness any different than the one sitting next to you? Meaning, you got, you're all hearing data. You're filtering the data through all other data. Now, your life wasn't her life. So you both have different filters. So you're going to filter data differently. You understand? You two live separate existences. So that's all how, that's all part of data. That's now filtering now, right now, the data. Clear? So you're both going to experience everything differently. But if we got rid of the whole part of data and just went to pure consciousness, do you think there's any difference between your consciousness? And the weirdest thing is that your consciousness stays connected to you. What's your name? Yechiel. And your consciousness... Sally. And your consciousness, Sally, is somehow hanging around you. It's like... If your consciousness is the same, without all the data, obviously, so then how is yours hanging around you and how is yours hanging around you? And we actually, this is stated in one of our blessings. You know which blessing? Who knows which blessing? See who my really good students are. Which blessing? What? Nice. Uh, nice, okay. Got two great students and you two are really great students. So... The answer is the blessing that we say after using the washroom on the ducts and tubes that the tubes stay moving and the ducts close at the right time so we don't die, you know, so we can stand before God. And then we say, blessed are you, at the end of this paragraph, we say, Baruch HaTashem, blessed are you, God, Roifecho Basar, the one who heals all flesh. And then we say this weird thing, Umafli, which means miracle, Lasois. Makes, makes miracles. And the one who makes miracles. Why does he say he makes miracles? The whole blessings on the natural body, that it should work right, our physiology. And then the last two things is who makes miracles. So guess what happens when you click on those words, makes miracles. And you should know every single word in Hebrew is a hyperlink. Every word, in, every word, it's just a hyperlink. Every word in that Torah, it's a hyperlink. Every word in our prayer book, they're all hyperlinks. You have to click... You have to click on every single word and see what it's doing there. And you will get to like more and more and more and more incredible, incredible discoveries. Crazy journeys will happen from any clicking you do. 
and any single word, and, not, and you should know if you're a Kabbalist, you know, we, when we're playing with our mouse on the uh, computer screen, you know, you move your mouse over the word, and then it might be a hyperlink, so you can click it. So Kabbalists are actually rubbing their mouse over the letters. So like, for example, uh, I don't know, a tzaddik, the letter tzaddik's like a, you know, it's like a nun. It's like a nun. Sorry, I didn't make a very good nun. It's like a nun. And, and then a yud up here. So it's a nun and a yud, it's a tzaddik. And obviously, I don't know how much you know about Kabbalah, but the top is the spiritual, and the base is the physical, and the tzaddik is the holy person. And so if you look at who's a holy person, this is a holy person doing yoga here, okay? If you look at the holy person, you see that their, their hands are in heaven, and unlike what's called a holy person in the East, where their body's also in heaven because they're celibate and fasting and, you know, like, you know, they're out of this world. The Sadiq's like, totally in this world. You know, he's, he's fulfilling the first commandment, big time, which means he needs to be married. You know what the first commandment is? Be fruitful and multiply. You know why God made that the first commandment? Because he figured when you'd read that one, you'd keep reading. And, and it looks like a nice commandment, certainly feels good, but that commandment leads to children, and children leads to needing to support those children. Needing to support children means leading to work, and leading to work means you got to get in this world. When you get in this world, you can raise this world up, but when you're already up top, and you're already hanging around just there, so you, there's not much you raise. And Jewish people, we see ourselves as elevators. We're just elevators. When I eat food, I'm just like, ding! You know, and then I put it in. And then I press penthouse. <laughs> and, it's, And it all, and you should know, it's all made, everything in this world, we're all inside a digital simulation. Because this is what we were talking about before. I asked you, what is the consciousness? What is this consciousness? That's come from somewhere. So the answer is, the consciousness is God's, God's consciousness. And everything you see around you in this digital simulation is made of something. I can't, there's no English translation for it. But this, everything you see around you in this digital world, which don't forget your neurons are only, they're binary. It's just ones and zeros. Fire, don't fire, fire, don't. You've got a binary system to, to experience the simulation. Everything in this world is made of a word, made of what's called malachim. Malachim doesn't have English, but it's made of malachim. Obviously, you can't see malachim in this thing. It's plural, because there's just lots of them. It's all made of malachim. And when you press penthouse, all those malachim go up with the food you had, or the drink you had, or, or the, the kindness you did, or all the malachim go up. 
And by the way, you're thinking of the drink. How about the fact that the drink or the food energized you to do a good deed? Because you can't do a good deed without eating a sandwich. You need some fuel. And so your fuel is made of the malachim. And then those malachim, they, first you test, you make sure it's kosher. You make sure the vegetables are, are were, if you live in Israel, you have to make sure the vegetables have been tithed so that the Kohen, the priest, and the Levite got their share. Because if you don't, it, it's the same as eating pig. Literally, you've eaten pork. If your vegetables have not been tithed in Israel, meaning the portion for the Kohen, the portion for the Levite, the portion for the poor, if it's not tithed, you're eating pork. People who go and say, like in Israel, well, I'm just having a salad. You know, I'm not going to eat all that stuff, you know, on their trip to Tel Aviv. You're eating pork. And all you had was a salad. Not to mention all the worms and whatever else that hang around the salad. Because they don't check the salad. Our salad in Israel is grown in sand. When you eat greens in a kosher environment, your, your, your lettuce was grown in sand. Because there's no worms in sand. They don't hang around sand. And... And, you know, we've really got this wired. It's like science, how we eat our food, to make sure that, the, that all the malachim are ready to rise. Because you've got you to raise up. The Torah forbids. Pork's mentioned once in the Torah. Uh, bugs are mentioned seven times. I'm not saying bugs are seven times worse. But, and that doesn't matter if you live in Israel. Don't. Tithing the produce, that's Israel. Worms is wherever you go. And one sec, worms are wherever you go. But when you first make sure it's all kosher, make sure it's kosher. And then you make a blessing. What does that mean? All that means is all the malachim that are getting on the elevator are like just getting strapped in because it's going to be a experience. So they're putting on their roller coaster harnesses and like their, their, their astronaut helmets. And, and then you, you made your first blessing so they know something's going to happen. And then you eat them. And this is why, for those who are chefs, any of you guys or gals are chefs, this is why you got to do such a great job. you got to do such a great job. Because you don't want any of those malachim having to go in the, to the... I mean, some malachim have to go in the toilet afterwards. But you want as much of the malachim going into the bloodstream and nourishing the body. Right? You are what you absorb. I know they say you are what you eat. But many people don't absorb so much because they don't enjoy the chewing experience as much as a delicious piece of food. When you have a delicious piece of food, you chew it. And much more mouth-watering from the taste buds, from all the deliciousness. Which are, what, are, what, is the, what is all that saliva, all that mouth-watering while you chew? Those are enzymes. They break down the food so that it actually enters the Jew. So that piece of chicken becomes a Jew. <laughs> You understand when, 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 and, and if you eat it on Shabbos, forget about it. Cause, cause when, when, during the week, the malachim get their penthouse like, they get that only when you take the chicken and you go do good deeds with it. You learn Torah with it. You make blessings with it. You do mitzvahs with it. You do kindness with it. Then the malachim really get their aliyah. Shabbos and Yom Tov, Shabbos and holidays, they get their aliyah on the taste buds, on your tongue. Literally, in your, your palate is the altar. Normally, the altar that sends the flames up is the deeds you do with the food you eat to send the malachim home. But on Shabbos and Yom Tif, it's the taste buds. You don't really have to even swallow your food on Shabbos. 
So for those who are having weight issues, you know, you know, just chew and, you know, no one's looking at <laughs> Chew and spew. Chew and spew. Just enjoy the taste. Because on Shabbos it goes up. Your, your palate is the altar. During the weekdays, your good deeds are the altar. And the, um, there's obviously an after-blessing. Very important. Make the after-blessing. It's more important than the pre-blessing. The after-blessing is, we know from the Torah. Pre-blessing we know from the rabbis. So the after-blessing is actually more important than the pre-blessing on it. Just so the malachim are like really, you know, in their full flight suits. Got to do the after-blessing as well. And, um, and this is really just a Kabbalistic class in chewing. You know, I, I have a friend who lives in uh, Tel Aviv. He's at least there this month. He lives in Miami most of the time. And an uh, amazing guy named Mark Goldman. Very, very special Jew. In fact, the Goldman Hall downstairs, that big banquet hall is from Mark. And, and um, please God, we'll be getting together next week as well. And, and uh, um, Mark has lost a lot of weight. And I was like, Mark, where'd you go? What happened? And he said that he learned from the Rambam about chewing, that you got to chew your food. And... And he didn't learn it from the Kabbalistic stuff we're talking about. We know Kabbalistically you got to chew that stuff. He was saying that the Rambam says you got to chew your food. You want to know why? It's an amazing thing. And everyone should try this if you have weight issues. I should probably not try this. But if you have weight issues, you should try this. And that is, um, and that, is that when you ch- eat fast, the mechanism that tells your body that it's fueling time, that you're fueling up, doesn't get it until later and then but then you've already overeaten when it says it's full he says if you chew and chew and chew 30 seconds a bite that's the time if you chew 30 seconds a bite so by the time you've even swallowed your first bite the mechanism's beginning to get triggered that it's fuel up it's fueling time and so it starts to fuel and then and then uh, after like around your three quarters what would have been three quarters for those who inhale their food. When you get to that three quarter mark, the body says it's done. And the, you know what the Rambam says? The Rambam says it's better to eat. It's better to eat three quarters full on junk food for your body. It's more healthy to eat three quarters full junk food than to eat the healthiest food in the world but overeat and overwhelm your digestive system with healthy food. So, and, and my friend Bencion Elia Lerner, Lerner in Sfas, Bencion Elia Lerner, he, you might have seen, me, seen him before, he wears all white, and he's like really trippy. He looks about 60, he's always got his guitar, and he's like, have you met, did you meet him? Right, he's a trip? Have you ever met a more trippy guy? He's the, he's the greatest guy, the most amazing guy. You met him at 3 a.m.? Here in Old City, or in Sfas? No, he's in Sfat. Was he like 60? He looks old. He was in town recently. Was his name... Oh, this place? Yeah. That wouldn't have been him. Bencion. He's an amazing guy. What? Oh, he lives in a cave? He's amazing. He's married, you know. 
So if he lives in a cave, he's living. Yeah, he's married. Yeah, he's amazing. Just he's he's married his eighth wife. Wow. Oh, oh. Well, then maybe that's the Oh, he wasn't married at the time. No. Was he interested in you? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, anyway, excuse me. Anyway, now he's married to his eighth wife because he's from a long line of, of polygamists. And so their family's been allowed to have multiple wives. So he's got, he's got eight wives now. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, anyway, he's amazing. I used to play in a rock band with him. And, it, you know, like a real God rock band. Back when I was a single chump, you know, like, we're talking like almost 30 years ago. And, uh, but anyway, he came up with a song about chewing because he's big into, like, macrobiotic diet. So his, uh, his song goes like this. Guys, ready? You're going to sing with me. You gotta chew. Listen first. You gotta chew, chew, chew. Chew your food. You gotta chew, chew, chew. Chew your food. You gotta chew, chew, chew. Chew your food, you gotta chew, chew, chew. It's a chew, chew. Chew your food, you gotta chew, chew, chew. Keep going. Chew your, yeah, also on the camera, chew, chew, chew. Chew your food, you gotta chew, chew, chew. Chew your food, you gotta chew, chew, chew. Chew your food. Anyway, he's a real excellent songwriter. <laughs> Now, um, anyway, the anyway, so all those malachim get this aliyah, they get this aliyah, and then they just go like when they get up back upstairs, they just go like <laughs> into the oneness of the consciousness because they're made of the consciousness. Everything's a consciousness simulation, and our consciousness, our consciousness, is of that consciousness. In other words. This is going to sound really freaky, but it's true what I'm about to say. And I'm really sorry if I'm freaking you out for what I'm about to say. And this may change your life forever if the other things I said didn't change your life forever. But this is really going to change your life forever. He's living. He, meaning God. And I'm only calling him he because in Kabbalah, in all mystical traditions throughout the entire planet, something that's a causal is called the masculine, like the power coming into my my phone, is, that's masculine. And the phone receiving that is the feminine. So, because he's causing existence, we always call him in the masculine. Okay? And for those of you who grew up like with like feminist Judaism and want to call God she, it's like, that's cute. But like, let's like study like Kabbalah 101 just to understand why God is called he. It's not because he has genitalia. Okay? You know, if God had genitalia, it'd be really scary. Just ask Mary. <laughs> now, you understand, like, everyone should be really comfortable calling God He. You know, in our prayers, when we give thanks to God, we bow down and we, like, modim. We say thanks to God. What do we say? Modim anachnu lach. Masculine or feminine? To God. Feminine. Because we're saying, I'm giving thanks. Well, if I'm giving, that makes me the masculine now. I'm always the feminine unless I'm giving thanks. When I'm giving thanks, I'm in the masculine mode. Now. And so I'm, I immediately switch the pronoun of God to, sh, to 
a female form of you. I give, we are giving thanks to you. And then it's the word lach. You know the word lach is feminine? Lacha is masculine. Lach is feminine. And we always say in benching, uh, those who sang, you, you guys sing Birkat Amazon growing up? So, yeah. Bial Hashem Anachnu Moedim. Lach. That's it's female. And in our silent meditation, when we bow, that's Anachnu Moedim. We say Moedim Anachnu Lach. Because we're asking God, like, can you please receive this things? So we switch them to the feminine for that. And sometimes it'll switch in one paragraph, back and forth, because it depends, because you've got to click on every word. Because every single word of Torah is a hyperlink. And every word of prayer, and every word of the blessing after the meal, these are all hyperlinks. You have to click on them. You know, we studied the, I studied the prayer book with a great Kabbalist, who's my teacher. He's like, I've been with him for many, many years now. And uh, we were doing the prayer book. So just to get through Shachris, the morning service, clicking on each word, it took us two years wow. just to get through Shachris. So listen to this, the whole group, we'd finished. Oh, Shachris, the morning service, not just your energy, Shachris. Yeah, it's your morning service. So we finished Shachris, two years, and we're like, we're ready to die because it's like, it's been such rocket science and just keeping our heads on straight while we're doing it. So we were all so excited that we were finally, because in the prayer book, what, what happens after Shachris is bir, in the prayer book, if you go through it, it's Birkat Amazon, the blessing after the meal. So we were all like, phew, finally we have something like more light. The blessing after the meal. Guess what? Those four pages of the blessing after the meal, two and a half years later, two and a half years later, we've all aged two and a half years. We finished it. Using all the same sources. It's just everything was like five times longer. And I even have, you know how there's people, this you won't get, no offense to people who are fresh to their Jewish lives, but you, those who, know, who are observant know what I'm talking about. That there's this like Yetzahar, there's this like evil inclination not to wash for bread. I'm, I don't mean they're going to eat it without washing, they're just going to skip the bread. You know, they're just gonna be like, I don't want to wash. Oh, is that bread, is that hamotzi? Because... I don't have time to wash. And then they don't wash. And the funniest phenomenon is in the last, like, decade, New York, New York Jewry, like, east, Eastern Seaboard, you know, tri-state area, they've turned every single bread product. They put fruit juice, milk, whatever they can to take the name Hamotzi off of it. I'm not kidding. They've literally taken the name Hamotzi off of bread. I can tell you, because I just landed Friday, and I asked my friend who was picking me up to please make me two burrito wraps whole wheat burrito wraps that were baked with fruit juice a little bit, just enough to take off the name Hamotzi. So you wouldn't have to wash, because if you wash on bread, what do you have to do afterwards? You have to bench, you have to make the blessing after the meal. And so nobody wants to do that anymore. I mean, that's where we're at today. It's that this, this thing that took us two and a half years to learn is exactly what everyone's avoiding. So I came up with a theory why this is. Why is everyone trying to avoid this? And you know what I think it is? I think it is that our souls, which is the consciousness, the awareness and the awareness, that the soul gets so fused during prayer, and it apparently especially the blessing after the meal, that when people fly through it, even on the 
on the exhale, because you can only speak on the exhale, and even we only leave it to observant Jews to figure out how to speak while inhaling. Because you can't do that. Try try right now speaking on the inhale. It doesn't work. Vocal cords are one-way street. But they figured out how to whisper it. So it's like... And so they can get in and out. Nobody gets hurt. Painlessly do the entire blessing. But at that speed, your mind can't keep up. So your mind's elsewhere. So you can't harness the malachim that are on their way out through this mitzvah because you have to have the awareness reporting to the awareness. You have to have your mind involved. You have to have your awareness, meaning the data awareness, connecting and reporting to the soul awareness, the consciousness, which is the pure consciousness. Remember, even the physical world, the simulations, consciousness. It's just a. It's just gone through this incredible squeeze down of, of like filterization till it becomes our physical world. Your the awareness of your awareness. That's the unfiltered consciousness. That's God consciousness. Your actual soul consciousness. The one that's you two are the same guy, the two of you, Suli and Yechiel. That consciousness is unadulterated, unfiltered consciousness. And so, what happens is the soul can't take it that something as high as the blessing after the meal keeps getting blown off by the Jew. And so the Jew stopped wanting to wash. Meaning the soul said, don't wash. The soul said, please stop washing and making that a blessing. Please stop making that blessing without meaning and feeling and connection and, and malachim doing their thing through them. Because it's, it's a Torah commandment. It's the only blessing we make that's a Torah commandment. That and, uh, and uh, I don't know why this one this is a weird one. We'd have to go into it. But saying three words on Passover also is a commandment. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's another commandment. Oh, the Haggadah, sorry. The whole Haggadah the, the, that we read is a commandment to move your lips and make sounds. Like Otherwise, you don't get a commandment to just make sounds. Everything else we say is, is from the Kabbalists, meaning the people who put together the prayer book was all the Kabbalists who, who created that, that experience. The reason we're doing this class right now is because everything you heard from me today, every detail you heard from me today, came from it being revealed 2,000 years ago by a soul that was a soul that encompassed all the souls of Israel. His name was Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Simon the son of Yochai, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he revealed all these secrets to our people. And his soul, I don't, I don't know if you get this, but you've probably been thinking that your soul's like a one-to-one to your body. Like one body to a soul. Like, you know, like one vodka to one Red Bull. Like one-to-one. It's not. 
you're, you could have about 20 of you, literally the soul that stood at signing, that's you right now, the awareness of your awareness, that soul could have 30 of you that were all at Sinai in one body because the consciousness is way beyond the body. So there's multiples of you. In fact, the person you're marrying when you get married is who, was, who you were at Sinai. This is the tragedy of intermarriage because that person was not at Sinai, which means there's no way that's your soulmate. And you want to know the funny thing is we would prefer someone marry their soulmate and have a totally incompatible and rough marriage because, because marriage is not where you enjoy Club Med. Marriage is the crucible where you grow. Now, obviously, we all want to marry someone compatible. That, no one wants that curse. But some people have to go through it. I know a couple who was the worst Kramer versus Kramer nightmare war. And we all said to them, get divorced. And you know what they said to us? They're very spiritual, these two. They said, we know that if we don't do it this time, we're going to have to come back and do it again. We're getting something done here over thousands of years of souls. And that's the tragedy of intermarriage is because these souls didn't go with their soulmate. And, this, and, the, and, the, and the cruelty of leaving someone who was born in this world to reunite with the Sinai inside of them had to go without their soulmate. That person had to go without their soulmate. Because you were really compatible with Christina Cross or, or Biffy Smith or something. Because you guys just got along so well, why don't we get married? We don't get married because we get along so well. We get married because, because it was ordained in heaven that your soul and that soul, which our Kabbalist, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, teaches us, that the soulmate that you'll marry was called out 40 days after your conception. You were still in the womb when that soul was called out, even if that person wasn't even born yet. Wednesday afternoon, everyone you see who's interested in Judaism is going to his tomb. There will be about 750,000 people there for an all-night party. You don't even need money other than getting there. Everything's free. And it's all night into the next night. It's about a 30-hour party with two dance floors that hold 10,000 people. It's the ultimate experience. The dance floors, just because of the, we're always separating genders, the dance floors are the men. The women are in these giant bleachers with, like, prayer books and they're sobbing sobbing like Yom Kippur combustions like they're in full intensive literally you can walk by them you'll see that everyone's shaking and sobbing and the men the band knows how to play I mean these are like every dance floor has giant speaker stacks like festival speaker stacks and the men are like jumping 10,000 men just jumping like this but we also go into convulsive crying also during it. It's the biggest party in the world. There's no party with more people at it amongst even the Gentiles and everything's free. It's an incredible experience. You must be there for many hours or you will, or you will, your ego will not allow you to get stepped on that many times. When you get there, you're just going to be totally overwhelmed. You're going to want to leave for the first hour or two, but you must stay and you must get into it. And eventually something happens you get into the surrender mode, you kind of surrender into it, and you just like, boom, you hit the consciousness that Yechiel and Ben are the same person. Sorry, Yechiel and Suli are the same person. 
and you get to that oneness. Whatever you do, make sure you get up there and experience this experience. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.